Morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Wednesday for those that are here live. Happy whatever day of week it is for you. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Boost. Still feeling the inspiration from the trip. It's amazing. I was thinking about this last night. How many times do adults, oh, today's Thursday. Thank you. I said happy Wednesday. Sorry. In the old days, Andy would remember, he would text me in the beginning, remember what day it is. So thank you, Daily Boost team, for reminding me. You know, it's interesting. I was wondering why I was still so inspired about the trip. It dawned on me that, you know, usually adults never have a second to get off the treadmill. We spoke with this a little bit yesterday. And just getting off the treadmill is so valuable. Really, it's so valuable just to get off that treadmill, just to get out of your life. That's really what Shabbat's about. But sometimes Shabbat is so in and out that like it becomes your life. It's so important just to take a step back every once in a while and just without even like overthinking it, just do something else. It orients your mind to look back at what you have and it gives you a perspective. It's so critical. You know, I always push against this, always. And, you know, it's always like, are you productive? What, what am I, what I need this for? And sometimes really just being able to take that walk or take that day or go do something that you've never really done before. It really helps get your mind focused on looking at your everyday life and putting it in context. Yesterday, we were talking about this idea of impact and really recognizing that whether we like it or not, we're making an impact. Now, this is an important thing to really get. If you've been with us in the show, you know that we've been saying a lot over the past, I don't know how many years, two years, that whether you like it or not, you're forming neural connections, right? Like whether you like it or not, your brain is making a connection. Like there's no, you don't turn off the machine. So if you're having bad habits, like, you're not like, shoot, I'll step up tomorrow. No, every bad habit, every bad thing you do only, only conditions the normalcy of that activity into your mind. Spiritually, that, that works too. This is a concept in Hebrew called, in spirituality called uh, goreret. Goreret is uh, Hebrew for causes. And the sages teach us that mitzvah, goreret, mitzvah. Good deed leads to a good deed, and avera, a misdeed, leads to an avera. So there's a spiritual reason for that. But let's just stay in the physical world. It's your conditioning. So if like you did the wrong thing, right? This is what we spoke about. I don't know where I spoke about this. I don't think it was on the show about the idea of the banality of evil, right? If you remember the great, um, I don't remember her name it was Hannah. I don't remember if you guys, you guys are listening, remind me of her name, Hannah Arendt, maybe, um, who wrote the famous essay on Eichmann and the Eichmann trial, where she was a Jewish philosopher who flew to Israel during the Eichmann trial and wrote about how he really looked like an old man that was sick. How could this man be the one that orchestrated the deaths of so many people? And she got rocked for it, rocked for it. And I don't think her point was 
Hi, Aaron Wright. Oh, good. Thank you, Richard. I don't think her point was to downplay his work. I think her point was to stress that evil is banal. And so we spoke a little bit about yesterday with the Nazis having summer camp in Auschwitz, that when you do something, you condition the behavior until it becomes normal. And when you do things that are wrong, that just becomes normal. If you ever read or looked into the history of Bernie Madoff, who stole millions of dollars, multi-millions of dollars. I mean, I, I know of people, it's really sad, who later in life, I mean, really sad, had to like work behind, I mean, later, I mean like 70s and 80s, woke up one morning to find out that their entire nest egg was evaporated in the Madoff scandal. And they like had to like, in their 80s, you know, go to a deli counter and work behind the counter just to pay the bills, like real stat stuff. People blown out. And how did this guy do that? It wasn't like he woke up in the morning and said, I want to be a mastermind and run the greatest Ponzi scheme that America's ever seen. It's banal. You know, you need to cover one quarter. So you, 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 you shift a little bit. And then you cover a second quarter and you shift a little bit. And then no one even realizes. And if you look through Bernie, I spent a little time researching it. A couple of times, the SEC came down to sniff around. And I don't know what they were thinking, but they missed it. Listen, they're human beings too. They're doing the best they can. But they missed Bernie Madoff. And that only empowers you to be like, whatever, I'm untouchable. And then the small little action of covering one quarter, which is a little bad, somehow when you multiply that by 20 years becomes the greatest Ponzi scheme of all time. That's the idea of whether you like it or not, your brain creates connections. So whatever you do, whenever we do it, it's making the next thing that we do harder or easier. And one of the things that we, or I realized on the trip when I was there is that we spent a lot of time discussing and talking to Israeli heroes really people that risked life and limb to protect the security of that country. We had people on our trip that were soldiers for 10, 20, 30 years, put them their lives at risk multiple times, you know, gave their kids a kiss on the way out to battle. Not once, many times, not knowing if they'll ever come back. And when we spoke to them about it, they didn't even like think it was like a big deal because their career normalized heroism. They lived in an environment where sacrificing your life for the betterment of the country was so normal that the actions that they took normalized their ability to be a hero. It's an amazing thing. I'm sure it's like that in America too. I don't have as much exposure to Navy SEALs as I do to Israeli commandos. But I'm sure it's like that as well. I'm sure if you saw a Navy SEAL and said, thank you for your service, you wouldn't be like, you better believe it. But you'd be like, thank you for your appreciation. Because our, the right armies, if you will, armies that are fighting for freedom, the people that are at the highest level of these armies, I'm not saying there isn't bad apples, but they have to normalize heroism. They can't wake up every morning and be like, oh my God, I'm the greatest guy ever. It becomes normal to them. 
And I'm sure that first time they get the uniform or the, the, the beret or the gun, they're like, you know, over the moon. But I'm sure that, you know, two years later, they think it's normal to be sitting in the back of a helicopter and dropped into a swamp to try to kill somebody who's trying to kill innocent people. And that's not normal to us, but it's normal to them. Because they've taken heroism, which I'm sure when they, when they were in their first week of training camp, were like, I'm never going to do this. But it normalized. It normalized. And so you speak to them now, and they're like, what was the big deal? We had on the show, on the Shabbat show, we had um, one of the commandos in the raid on Entebbe. So this guy was like in his 20s, flew across the world, saved the lives of, you know, dozens of people in the Entebbe raid, was, an, was a worldwide hero. And when I said to him, you're a hero on the interview, he goes, well, so are you. I said, what am I a hero for? He's like, you do your job. I do my job. I'm like, that, that, you can't, that's not, that's not the same. Like, how is that the same? You fly to Entebbe at risk of death. Like, how do you, and he was like, look at me, like, I don't know, why, why is it different than your life? I'm like, what are you nuts? It's not, it's very different. It's very, very different. But it was normalized to him. Your brain has the ability to normalize itself around anything. And when you normalize yourself around heroic activities, you become a hero without even really realizing it. In the beginning, you realize it because your brain's got to adapt to it. But after a while, you don't realize it. I always notice this with parents of special needs kids. There are parents out there that have special needs kids. And some of these children are incredibly challenging to raise. And they don't move out at 17. When you look at them, they think they're normal. They're not normal. But they think they're normal. Because it normalized the, the raising of a child that requires an exponential amount more attention. In the beginning, it was very challenging, but it normalized. And their heroism normalized. And it takes someone on the outside to be like, holy cow, it's incredible for them to even realize it because... They're just so used to it. Their brains are able to adapt to activities that are so above nature because that's what happens to our minds. The normalizing of heroism. So when, you, when, we, compare, when, we, when we blend what we've been talking about with this, we start to develop a picture of what a leader looks like. Meaning a leader is not someone that was like born with some kind of special gene. A leader, an influencer, is not someone that was born from the right family or is smarter or more charismatic. It's not really how it works. A leader is someone that is fully aware of all times that they represent more than themselves. That their actions influence the world whether it's the people around them, whether it's the people that are the beneficiaries of the impact, or whether it's the spiritual world. But they are always in a state of being aware. They don't live in a cocoon. 
and they don't live in a they don't live in a, in a silo. And when you take that mentality, now you could be anybody, really. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to, have to be a certain type. You don't have to have a certain background. You just gotta be you. And wake up in the morning and be like, wait a second. My actions influence people. Like, wait, they do. I told you the story here about my rabbi, Rabbi Brazil. I actually just saw him in Israel. God's good to me. I was walking on the street and I just bumped into him. Like, what are the chances, right? And he, I, I was in his class when he lost his, his first wife. It was heart-wrenching. God forbid, no one should know such things. Heart-wrenching. And a good friend of mine was, he would, he would study with him in the afternoons, and I told you the story here, where it was like, I don't know, maybe like nine months ago, we spoke about it, where one day, you know, so this, so right, Brazil lost his first wife, sat Shiva, and it came point for him to come back to the yeshiva. So he came back in the afternoon, right before the time it was to study with my friend. He was, they were study, and he was tutoring him. So this, the way it was described to me by my friend was that the entire study hall was packed. The door opened up and it was him. And everybody went quiet because they all felt his pain. And he walked slowly through the audience and everyone sort of like just watched. And my friend, was, he was walking to my friend my friend's sitting there waiting for him and stood up, you know, out of respect. And the rabbi walks up to him and no one knows what he's going to do. And he lets out a massive smile. And he says, I missed you. Let's learn. And with the biggest smile on his face, they start learning. And the entire crowd around is like, is he a human being? Is he normal? How is he so happy? after such a tragedy and at the end of the session my friend said to him can I just ask you like how, how are you so happy and he said happy I'm broken I said but look at your face and he said oh smiling well the smile that's public property that's not my choice I I am responsible for my smile to everybody else why should everyone else suffer? Because I'm suffering. Because my heart is private property. My heart's broken in a million pieces. That concept, that's a leader. That's a real leader. He doesn't need to be voted into office. He doesn't need a massive organization behind him. He doesn't need to get some kind of prize so that Fancy people in tuxedos clap in a very slow clap as they cling their champagne glasses. He's a leader. You know why? Because he walks into a room and knows and understands that his actions impact other people. Smile is public property. That means why should you have a harder day? Because I'm broken. How many times do you walk into work and everyone's like griping because the train slowed down and they got to work seven minutes late. 
or it's colder than they want. Or someone didn't say hello to them. Or whatever it is. And their face is sour. Or they're in a bad mood and the whole room reeks of their bad mood. We're all like this. You walk into a dinner with your family and someone's offended by something and they're just, it reeks. They're quiet and annoyed and you know. It's a lack of awareness and we're all the same. It's a lack of awareness that your actions influence others. And when you combine the responsibility of impact every moment to others and normally normalizing heroism, it becomes normal that every day of your life and every day of our lives, we think about other people. It becomes normal to wake up in the morning and if it doesn't go our way, to naturally say, wait, why should I not be appear happy to others? It becomes normal for us to say, I can do the wrong thing and no one will know, but yeah, they will, it doesn't matter. It becomes normal to extend ourselves beyond ourselves because we understand that we're part of the Gideon 300. And that means we are responsible for more than ourselves. Even if we don't have anyone telling us in it, even if no one says us, by the way, because you did this, now I'm changed. It becomes normal. We normalize heroism. Heroism doesn't mean you have to jump in front of a grenade. Those people are legit heroes. Heroism means that you're always thinking of other people and you're always willing to sacrifice your own personal comfort for the betterment of others, even if it's a slight bit of comfort. Heroism is giving up your chair for someone who's a little older or calling someone that you don't have the time for or giving someone a smile when they ask for money on the street corner just because why not it's free or saying something encouraging to someone else when you may not think they did a good job but they're, they're self-confident they're, they're self-conscious about it that's called normalcy of heroism and of course more and more and more and more okay we'll talk about it all right everybody have an amazing day with god's help we can't wait to see you tomorrow have a great day